0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Praise be to Jesus. Would you say a better amen? Amen. 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 Kenyans don't say better amen, but Nigerians do. (laughs) Pastor, is that right? Amen. They do better. They are excited. They, amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so, Susan is in the house, and uh, we're very, very happy to be here with you. And, Pastor, it will not be very kind of me, and uh, it will not be a sign of humility for me not to say this. Uh, I say it I said from the bottom of my heart that you've made us international. You've given us worth. You've raised it. You've raised. It, uh, you've raised our our status before God's people and in the ministry and in our church. There, I'm saying what I've heard. People testify back home because they are following this telecast online, and they're saying, "Say hi to Pastor, his wife, children, uh, his son-in-law, his own daughters, his family." They say that. Pastor. You've made us something that our family would not have given us. To have us in Texas and all the revivals and the opportunity to preach to all these people is not a small thing to us and our family. I represent our family, our biological family, our nuclear family, our extended family that is not in Nairobi. They are way eight hours away from Nairobi as you head to Uganda. And uh, they, they don't, they, they, they may never come, they may never call, they may never speak this language, but they are so grateful that one of their own is preaching in one of the biggest country on earth, the mightiest nation in terms of military, technology, innovation, education. You have a long and rich history. And so I represent not myself and not just the, the members of Victory World Outreach, but w- I represent a family. Yeah. And I represent my country. Yeah. And so this evening, I'm not going to hold you here for long, and I'm not going to preach something you know big, <coughs> you know miracles uh, and uh, lights in the sky. But <laughs> I know Jesus is going to heal people. This evening. I know that. I know that. Do you have pain in the stomach? You could have pain in the joints like, you know, spinal cord. You know, back, stomach, migraine headache. A terminal illness. The doctors have uh, a certain report about it. I'm going to share a very familiar message. It is not hard at all. It's not complicated. But it is true because I've seen the Lord do this before. And I'm going also to share a personal story to bring the moral lesson, the spiritual lesson that God is good and he wants to bless you at family level. And this family level represents these two things. At church, or at home, or a combination of the two. God wants to bless you at home. When you go home, you are happy you're going back to the house. You're happy you have children and grandchildren. You have the joy of the Lord. And when you come to the church, it's also not also a drug. You just don't want to do it because we say there is a revival. You'll have the joy being with God's people. And when you go home, you'll also be happy. Amen. Will somebody in the house of God say amen? Amen. 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 Now you are competing with Nigerians. Amen. I want to minister on the subject, the Christian church, the Christian family you know it is so important to have you know the christian church as a family very critical long time both here and in africa children belonged to the clan it's no longer that no more when they made mistake it's not the father or the mother who could punish them wherever they went and made mistakes Maybe stole things in the shops or the stores. Or just were disrespectful to the adults. Children were punished anywhere, everywhere. And they were rewarded anywhere, everywhere. Now things have changed. I don't expect people uh, to, to discipline or to spank my children in the streets. But I want to tell you, it was done then. It was good then. And um, with the change, not even parents, look at this, not even parents spank their own children. Or they get in trouble. So where will our children get discipline and upbringing? The family is very important. And the Christian family I want to talk about, I want to read a scripture from the Bible in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is easy to read, especially when we consider books like Psalms chapter 23 easy to recite, you know, just as it is. Psalms chapter 68, verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those that are bound with chains. But the rebellious will dwell in dry places. Would we please believe God and pray? Good Jesus, once again, every day we pray in your name. We pray again for your assistance. I stand in this altar knowing This is a high and exalted place. You want to heal people. Lord, I didn't come to entertain your people. I came to speak your mind, and I pray that if you can use anything, Lord, I make myself available to be a useful vessel for your people, God. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And as again we prayed yesterday, God, we pray that the sick will be healed. Those who are pain, Lord, in the bones, they are crying, they are shedding tears. Lord, they may come in sad and thinking that they will go the same. The Bible says, heal the sick for the kingdom of God has come and now that we are in the family where healing should be evident, we, I pray, even in the course of sharing the word, the sick will be healed. And this prayer, I pray, Trusting in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God, and the church will say Amen. Amen. God sets the solitary in families. People who are born, they should never be left to raise themselves just in their normal families. We never give birth to children and let them fend themselves, we change their diapers. Oh my, how did I forget this, Pastor? I have to interrupt myself. Uh, Seriously, I have to do this. Give honor to whom honor is due. The Bible says so. The church in Nairobi was started by Pastor Paul. And I need to give him credit because he did a lot to that church. He raised our children, Elina. She literally changed Daisy's diapers. A white person. A daughter of my senior pastor raised the daughter of his assistant pastor. I thank Pastor Paul wherever he is. With that, I'm done. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm connecting that. That was not for free. You have to pay for it. (laughs) When we started that church back then, our daughter... Like yours and your grandchildren, they would make themselves dirty. We don't throw them out. They were born in that family the way they are. And we were born in this spiritual family with all the weaknesses, with all the flowers. We belong here. So God, when he's, when He saves us, He puts us in a family. He brings us. With different things. Some of us, Pastor was picking us from the airport. Pastor Nestor and Priscilla. And he just shared his testimony. What he has gone through. How he was bound in drugs. Perverse things extreme. And I told him, Pastor, this is the Lord's doing. You are picking us. Saved person. Delivered. So when God saves people like Pastor Nesto and Priscilla... He puts them in a family. When God saves you, yes, I agree with everyone and all of us that finally we'll go to heaven. In the meantime, he puts us in a family. Those who are bound in addictions, those who are bound in meth, alcohol, prostitution, gangs. He doesn't just save them and take them on an express lane to heaven. They stay here where drugs are still done. He puts them there. The same streets we were running around and doing bad things. But he puts us in a good family. The family of a Christian church. And therefore, today, this message is not the first time I'm preaching. But I'm starting at the very end. Normally, I end there. But I began at the end and I'll also revisit this. God wants you to be planted in a family. God wants you to be planted in a Christian family. And the Christian family is where you seated. My father used to say, the Christian family and the church is where we are born spiritually, where our diapers are done away with, Where we are baptized in plenty of water. Where our, you know what? Where we are given an opportunity to stand before the people and sing and open the service with prayer. Where we are given an opportunity to be ushers and Sunday school teachers. Where our marriages are consummated. Where just in case an unfortunate situation we die and go to be with the Lord. Our services will be celebrated. Our lives will be celebrated. Now, look at this. Is it all the, the family good things, good things? Ice cream, pizzas, steaks, nice dresses all the time, suit and tie all the time and good colognes and perfumes? No. You are not going home after this service because everything is nice, smooth, and good. As a matter of fact, some ladies and gentlemen, wives and husbands, the couples are sitting next to each other, but they never talk to each other at home. <laughs> but thank God you just came. Bless the Lord for you. <laughs> we will, will we change family every evening? When we have small differences, a good family is a family where people step on each other's feet sometimes. A good family is where people are born, and in the most unfortunate situation, they go to be with the Lord. Today, the Bible says, when God sets this, He saves the solitary, He sets them in families. Those who are bound in things that are ungodly, bound in chains and depression, he wants to put them here. Now in Kenya, in Uganda, in Tanzania, in Nigeria, Togo, everywhere, in Africa, South Africa, well, people are getting saved. I want to share that on a positive note. But they don't want to belong to a family. They don't want to belong to a spiritual father. Who can call them by name. Correct them. Rebuke them. They want them to change their children's diapers. But they don't want the rest of the things that goes along with growth. Did I say people are getting saved in Africa? Yes. Yes. Did I contradict myself that they are not going to heaven? I never say that. They want God to say their, their solitaries, those who are bound free. But they don't want to be identified with a Christian family. When God comes on earth, I cannot justify and, you know, Bring scriptural backing to what I'm going to say. But you cannot challenge me on this. When God comes on earth to bless people, he blesses them in both nuclear and spiritual families. He wants. And when the two are under the local assembly and the church of Jesus Christ, the blessings are accelerated. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless you. He wants to heal you in a place of reference. You can remember, it was a time like this, seven years ago, when I gave my life to Jesus at Victory World Outreach in Denton. In this number of years, I found a lady and I married her. And this is the person who consummated our marriage before the Lord in the altars. We got our children here. They were dedicated by this man of God. Later on, my children were baptized and they were married in the same assembly or in our branch churches. We don't get to hear that many times. People want to ride Lamborghinis, Mercedes Benz, and BMWs, but they don't want to be associated with family. Oh, man of God, lay your hands on me. I want this, I want to travel everywhere. But they don't want to be associated with the little things that are part and parcel of a Christian family. You can be saved and still live in a very lonely life. You can go to heaven, but in bitterness. Our church doesn't save. God in his sovereign wisdom never saved us and let us grow just like that. Even the monkeys in Africa they belong into a unit of families. Okay. Even the lions in the jungle they belong to a pride. How much should Christians be identified with the body of Jesus? Jesus. The monkeys, they belong to a family. And I say the pride of lion and a a group of monkeys, they form a family, both nuclear and extended. And when a strange one comes, though they are all monkeys in the same continent and in the same forest, they look at each other with a little suspicion. They say, wait. Why am I giving that example? I have to illustrate this. Church is so important because Jesus is building the church. He says, I am building my church and the gates of heads shall never prevail over it. He's building his church. And therefore he wants us to belong where we'll be taken care of, we'll be nourished, we'll be protected. This is a quick one. In a family, we know each other. In a family, we respect each other. And we also know members of the family that may be extreme in character, in behaviors, in some things. If we belong to multiple families, spiritual families, we can easily miss a mark of identification. Because there's a part of each and every one of us that we see and there's that part that we don't see. But after a long time, even what we don't see in a family will eventually come out the good and the bad. And now, think about this. If we keep hoping from family to family, church to church, assembly to assembly, believing church to believing church, even those who have sound doctrine like ours, Jumping from here to here. Going from there to there. This can only be compared to a seed. A good seed. Maybe bean. Maybe corn. Think about a natural seed in the garden. The garden is good. There is enough water in there. There is oxygen or air. Good exposure to things that facilitated growth, germination. What will happen if we plant such a seed in a good ground? Give it good soil and water, sun, and then it grows. And the next week when it's growing, you uproot it and take it to a very nice garden again. Then another week, you take it to a nice garden. You keep uprooting it. Immediately it starts to settle. You take it out. Let this parable never miss the target. You cannot raise your children from church to church. No. You cannot. You may be able to survive doctrinal mess, those who are adults. You may be able to survive errors and apostasy as a grown-up believer. But your children are a seed. Your children are a plant in the garden of the Lord. In Africa, I've seen it again. People get offended a little bit. Maybe with an illustration. Maybe with a pastor. Maybe even with a painting. And they leave the church. They say, you didn't consult us when you're painting. I don't like this color. I don't like the pastor's wife the way she is. And then they leave. But they're still saved. You're not backslidden. But your children, the seed of God, doesn't understand those things. And then they go, they go, and they lose their children in the course of going. God says the solitary in families. The family of Christians. Jesus is building the church. But when we expose the church, especially those who are tender and dear to us, to all these things and suckers, do you think this seed will grow and be healthy? I doubt. You cannot keep uprooting it. With a little offense, you take it out. I didn't like the song list. I, I just didn't like the person playing the drum set. Sometimes Christians are the most petty people you'll meet. You, what don't you like? Oh, the service was too short. When it's too long, they say, it was too long. It is eternal service. He was shouting too hard on the microphone. I didn't know what to do with him. There's a prophet over here. Let's run there. There's an apostle uh, from Israel over here. Let's run over there. You don't uproot that seed every time putting it even in the most fertile ground. It will surely die. I can't miss to say this about the church. When God wants to heal people, one of the best places he does healing is not the hospital. Hospitals are wonderful. Doctors are amazing people. They are brainy. They are intelligent. They have been in school, some of them, eight years, up to 12. Just doing studies and researches on one part of the body. Bless the Lord for good doctors. Bless the Lord for innovation on medicine. But Jesus is the healer. And when he wants to heal people, he uses the Christian family, the church, to strengthen his people. When you find an offense in the church, I want to remind you this. Let's preach it, church. Jesus is the founder and the continuing strength of his church. Christians will be tired. Sometimes we'll be tired with midweek service. Sometimes we'll be tired with small groups. Sometimes we'll just be tired and we cannot explain it. We undergo fatigue that cannot be justified. Jesus Jesus is the founder and the continuing strength of his church. And many times... We have said the church to be a building or a denomination or, you know, where we go. That is not offensive. It's an biblical way of saying the church. I've said it a million times. When we were to- coming with the pastor, we said the church. It's not offensive. But you, the church, you sit there. You are the, hab- the body of Jesus Christ. The habitation of God through the Spirit for the sole purpose of bringing people to God. I am the body of Christ. That's what Jesus is building. We are the body of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is building. And the gates of hell shall not prevail what Jesus is building. Yes. So, If Jesus is building the body, how should we treat the body of Jesus? We need to treat it with respect. We need to treat it with care. We need to treat it with a lot of decorum. We need to treat it with honor. Because the body of Jesus Christ is what Jesus died for. The body of Jesus Christ is what Jesus is interceding for. And in the rapture, the body of Jesus Christ will be taken. So that is important. Now, I want to come to a critical point, and I prayed and I said it. I tied myself to my own words. I don't want to make this complicated at all, at all. If Jesus is praying for the church, if Jesus founded the church, If we find an offense among the bodies of Jesus Christ, we should be so careful on the way we live it. If, for example, I would never have picked another person, this is your pastor. He's the man of God in your life. He's the prophet of God in your life. If I was offended by a member of the body of Jesus, a member of the church, And I had to leave the church. Be careful on the way you depart. Even if there is something that you feel it was racial. You are in yourself, in your own words. Be very watchful how you leave an assembly of believers. Because the church is not me and you alone. It's the body. And it's the body of Jesus. It is the habitation of God through the spirit. And it is v- divinely appointed to do the great commission. So when we rapture the church, do you think Jesus is happy? When we storm out of the church, when we do tantrums, uh, Susan, tantrums. apa us, not know tantrums. Tandrums. tendrums, Yeah. When you are mad and you throw hands up. And, uh, and you know human beings have some measure of influence. And you leave a local assembly. And you talk to people. You start talking. I'm gone. I was mistreated. And some people listen to you. And that is the body of Jesus you're talking to. Do you think Jesus is happy? He's not happy at all. Jesus is not happy. He knows there will be times that we, we enjoy every moment in the presence of in his own presence. There are times that we got our jobs and healing from this center. There are times we went overseas courtesy of the presence of God in this place. What about when corrections come? What about when times or being cold, it's cold. You are just cold home. Come, sit down. Just sit down. We know you are important. But in the meantime, sit down. And then we storm out. Or we talk about God's leadership. We talk about fellow Christians. And infect those who don't have the virus. It really offends Jesus. To start the church negatively. Because the church belongs to him. It's a community of believers. That's what the church is. It's a company of regenerated people. We cannot undo what Jesus has done. Church is what that Jesus died for. Church is that what Jesus is building on a rock. Church is the entire body. I want the church to think with me in this line. I request. You know, the Bible says out of Acts of the Apostles, so keep watch over yourselves. Some, uh, that's the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20 and verses 28. So keep watch over yourselves. We stop there. So you gauge yourself. You think about what you're thinking first. Watch over yourself. Be careful. And over the flock. Yourself and then the flock. And the flock here is the people of God which the Holy Spirit has placed in our care. And then the Bible says, be shepherds of the church of God. Which he made his own through the blood of his son. The church is important. is God's flock. The church is important. It was bought expensive by the shedding of blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood and God gave his son. He's watching over the church. It is so critical that each and every one of us, it is so important, I and you respect what Jesus did. We can sing wonderfully We can make promises to the men of God and the leadership of God's people. But a time comes when the Bible says, so keep watch over yourself for a time will come when the testing is on you. And the testing, the reaction may touch the flock, which the Holy Spirit has placed in our care. What a wonderful privilege. And the Bible says, watch over the church of Jesus. Why am I reading this verse? I'm reading this verse to say the next statement. There is a great relationship and connection between the destiny of a human being and the local church. There is. There is a connection between what God is doing in a local church and the destiny of each and every one of us. God brought you to this assembly at a time like this for a reason. What you are missing, God will provide in the fullness of time. You are not here by accident. You may think you are running away from something and then you just saw the sign. And you came in. You may think when somebody witnessed to you, maybe in a dental clinic, maybe in a sports club, where people are playing soccer or basket, and you thought that meeting was coincidence. You came here by divine appointment. May somebody say a big amen. amen. There is a connection between a Christian family, between a local gathering, between the habitation of God in the spirit and that is us in that local assembly. Many sons and daughters that were very good missed the turn just like that. They were driving. I'm seeing you people have gadgets of driving. They talk to you. Pastor, you know that is not very good. You people have all backslidden. How can a phone talk to you? That's not a human being. And they te- th- these phones are telling you, now it's about to turn left. And now they tell you, your, your destination is on the right. I will not use it. <laughs> How did I get lost? <laughs> I need a navigation to find me back not to take me anywhere but to find me where I am anyway when god comes to bless us he wants to bless us really from the local assembly and there is connection between a local gathering and the future and god doesn't show us the greater picture of where we are going he wants us to be there where we are told you're late brother sister you're late You've done very good. Keep it up. There is that connection between the church of Jesus Christ and the purposes of God for his people. You can't belong to a non-denominational gathering. You belong to everyone. Every big person in town is your mom and dad. I don't want my Two daughters and the son to call everybody their father. They can't deny me the opportunity and the pride of being their father. Many times I've seen this. People miss destiny. They miss the future so bright. By belonging to every center. By belonging to every gathering. I have a story. It is a personal story. The moral, the spiritual moral of the story, there is a connection between what God is doing in a local church and your future. Don't raise your children everywhere. Don't raise your grandchildren everywhere. Don't pick offenses on everything. Because there will be moments and times there will be unpleasant things. Don't pass judgment too quick. I was born in a very poor family. We lived in a forest far away. No electricity, no tap water. School was 10 kilometers away on foot. I wore my first shoe when I went to high school at age 13. And at Christmas, I shared my, my, my brother's clothes. We shared. We, we, and if the shoe never fit, you just wore it. I was the son of a reverend, a pastor, a Baptist pastor. He pastored for 45 years, one church. And because we were so poor and everybody in the villages, we are not the only poor. Almost everybody was poor. Can you imagine, church, the poor people called us poor? The poor person calling another person poor, you must be very poor. That's what I'm trying to say. And so I got a privilege to go to a high school that was good. And we slept there, ate there, had the best uniform, sports equipment, good library, but it was paid by an American Peace Corps volunteer. There were spies like FBIs, CIA. They live in foreign countries, but they camouflage behind like teaching, agriculture, technology, all kinds of things. And she paid for my school fees to be in that school, boarding school. I would rather have lived in boarding school than to be with the family because of food and because of a place to sleep. We were so poor and lived in a forest and grassland that snakes crawled from the bush and came to the house. And they never beat us. In the morning when we walked out, we discovered there's a snake behind us. That's how terrible it was. We went to church all the time with our father. We went to church every Sunday. And I was a bad boy. I was not saved, by a pastor's kid. And I was sitting at the back there playing with fellow kids and my father would be preaching up here and I would be interrupting and my father would look at me and I would know what he means just by looking at me. It would mean something like this. After this service, (laughs) four canes of the stroke on your back. And he would not say it. The people would not know. Just by look like this, I would know that means three or six. <laughs> so the devil was in me, living in the pastor's house. But later on, I got saved. And after high school, I decided to leave because of poverty. Go look for a job so that we, I could help my siblings and my father and mother. And I got on a train. I got on a train. I went far away, not knowing exactly the destination. And in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., everybody, the majority of the people, jumped out of that train and got into a small town called Naivasha. On your way to Nairobi. As the people walked down the street, up the street, they started one by one getting into their own houses and finally, the last person told me bye and I didn't know where to go. At 5 in the morning, there were people praying in a a tiny church. It was cold. They were praying in the morning, and they used to do that many times. The the times I lived there, they they were praying every morning at 5. They opened the church. It was not very an orderly service. Everybody came in wherever they wanted and left. By 8 a.m., they would close the church. So the person who was the caretaker, is he called Isaac. He told me, now it's time to close the church. You need to leave. We need to close the doors. So I told him my story just like I've told you the details. I told him everything. He was born again. He told me, well, let's go home. Let's, I, I will welcome you home. He welcomed me home. He gave me something to eat. He introduced me to their family. I told him I'm looking for a job. They told me, we are testing you to see if you can walk. And for a long time, they tested me on something that I knew and they never paid me. I milked their cows. I tilled the land. I washed the cast of a millionaire who was there. I was a watchman at night and did the land during the day. He welcomed me into the church. I will finish by telling you the church that they wel- he welcomed me is the church you are in right now. The church that Pastor Paul connected me and all the way I came to Nairobi and all the way to America. He welcomed me to the church. During those days, they sang all their songs in their mother tongue. I am from a different tribe, a from the west. And the Kikuyus are the predominant tribe in Kenya, they're powerful, they're rich, they do business. They're in the central part and all over the country. They didn't care. They didn't, it didn't touch them any that there was a person from a different community. They didn't, it didn't touch them. They did all the testimonies, all the preaching in a language I didn't understand a word. They were excited all the time. And I was just there, frozen. (laughs) Finally, I got some money. I decided to visit my mother and my siblings. And when I went home, I took good food. I took beans, greens. And I shared with my father the new findings. I told him the details, and he said, This must be a miracle. I told him, wait dad, the church that I went into, I'm going to leave that church and go into another church. My dad told me this, with all the stories and all the things you've shared, you are not going to leave that church. You've told me all these things. How God has been with you and then at the tail end of the story, you're going to leave. He told me, wewe, I'm saying it now in Swahili, wewe hapo." It means you go sit there. Stay there. You're not going to leave. Now, I, I had respect. I could not answer my dad verbally, but inside there was rudeness. Inside of me. I'm talking about inside. <laughs> I was talking in the inside. But outside I'm quiet. And that's how many of you are. At home. And in the church. When you are with the pastor. Say yes sir. But inside it's no sir. So I said. When I go back. I'll leave. Because he will not know. There were no phones. There's no supervision. There's no way he can find out. I said, when I go, I will leave. He doesn't understand the pain. He's not there. He doesn't sing those songs. So I went back, and I never left. The conviction of the Holy Spirit was on me so deep, I stayed. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Later on, the pastor of that church was invited by Pastor Jones and Pastor Anthony Good from Arizona to U.S. He came and preached here. And when he went back, he apologized to everybody. Why they were singing all the songs and testimonies and preaching in their mother tongue. And there's a young man here. He doesn't understand. He held me by hand. And apologized and said, sorry, I'm sorry. We will never do that again. From today we'll preach in English. And you'll be my interpreter. And from that moment. I interpreted. Said it in Swahili. As he said it in in English. Then white people. Americans started coming to that church. And I was the only one in town. That people hired. To talk. When an American is speaking. And then. Pastor Good came. Pastor Jones came. They did huge crusades. And this young man from the village was the one wearing a suit. Pastor Marshall came. And I was the one interpreting. Finally, you all know Pastor Paul came in Nairobi. And they said, Let that young interpreter go and interpret for an American and be his assistant. In 2009, 2008, they held my hand with Susan and took us to the American embassy and gave us the visa. And today, I'm preaching to Americans. And today, I'm preaching to people of different nationalities. And today, I want to tell you, I belong to the family. Church, did I say I'll make myself simple? Oh, yes. There were reason to quit. There were reason to go to another assembly that had interpreters, that had elaborate choir equipments. My father told me, Ka hapo. Wewe, ka hapo. Wewe. ka hapo. I'm preaching to people now. Wewe, you, sit there. Stay there. When God saves people, he puts them in families. He sets solitary people in families. But the rebellious, those who want to find cheap uh, explanation to quit, they will d- dwell in dry places. I've seen healings. Pastor Richard Marshall was preaching at night and I was interpreting for him and he's fast. He was preaching fast, I would look at his mouth like this. But today, I tell you, I interpret for Americans everywhere in Africa. I stayed longer. Stay longer, Kahapo. Stay longer, Wait for your blessing. Many people quit before the blessings. Oh yes. They look for a church of their own kind. They go to a church that is only blacks. And they say, I am going to a church of my own. My father said, you need to stay there. And I said, you don't understand what I'm feeling. People of my race. You can complain and find justifiable reasons to quit. Wait for a minute. Your destiny is connected to a local assembly like this. Like this. Like this. Stay there. The blessings of the Lord will locate you. You don't have to chase the blessings of the Lord using navigation tools. No, they know They know how to locate God's people. They will find you in the toilets. They'll find you on the plane. They'll find you in the field, in the farms. But you have to find a local assembly and be identified with the body of Jesus Christ where the Lord God Almighty has given one man the mantle, the umbrella of protection. God gives the local pastor an umbrella where we can go down there. He dedicates our children. He baptizes those who have confessed their sins in Christ. He buries the dead. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there, my sister. My brother, stay there. My father is dead, but I remember his words. He told me, Wewe, ka hapu." Tell your neighbor where we ka hapo. If you don't understand, you call the answer. She knows languages. She will tell you. Your pastor learns languages. He, he will tell you, where we hapo. Where ka hapo. It means if you stay longer and persevere and be obedient, God will find you. He has not forgotten you. You're not too old for God's blessing. You are not, you are not like sometimes when we get older, we think he has forgotten us. Your blessing is bigger than you think. You stay longer. Amen. There are times Pastor Paul corrected me and I thought again, I am in the wrong place. The correction was so strong and I thought now that I have some money and a car, it's about time to start my own ministry. I remembered that my dad's words, he said, you stay there. Americans, stay there. Pastor never told me to say this. This is not the first time I'm preaching this. I began from the end and I want to end There. If I were you and you know I'm not you, I'll be sitting where you're sitting right now. If the Lord blesses me, well and good. If he doesn't, we'll meet in heaven and I'll ask him there. And the answer will be affirmative and positive. I'll know why I sat there and never ran away. Stay there. Stay longer my father said stay there i want to share something very theological and we close we close here we have to pray we have to pray for the sick we should not forsake the assembling of believers right. hebrews 10:25 says together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much more as the as we see the day of the lord coming As the day of the Lord draws near, people will never see the value of the local church and the local gathering. And the Bible says we need to exhort one another. We need to build one another. There is something here about gathering of saints regularly that is both redemptive, regenerative, protective, encouraging. When the devil wants to take people from faith and from the things of God, number one, he isolates them for destruction. He takes them from the family of believers. As the day of the Lord draws near, we should be careful never to be cheated out of a family that God wants to give us destiny. As the day of the Lord comes closer and closer, We should stay where the word of God is purely preached and heard like you're doing. Where sacraments are ministered according to Christ's institution. And without doubt, that should fall within the definition of the church. Is the word of God being preached? Are souls getting saved? Are demons being cast out? Are we praying for the sick? Are lives being transformed? That is the church. Are being people being uh, baptized in plenty of water? Are we taking the Lord's supper? Are we gathering and reading from the scriptures? That is the church. Forget about the other discussion and political undertones. We are the church. We are the people. We are the church. We are the people. We are the family. God is healing the people in the family. Businesses, destinies, good things. Sometimes no big things. But I want to tell you, few, many good things are better than one big thing. God wants to give you a miracle. How many believe God is a miracle-working God? Do you think you are here by accident? No, you are not. Do you think you are here by coincidence? Oh no. But the devil wants to tell you. You are in the wrong place. They don't really love you. They preach against you. They pick songs that you don't like. They are not your tests. They are not members of your race. And those members of your race. They don't even think about you. The devil speaks through familiar voices. Our own voices. Our own relatives. Don't listen to them. Stay longer. I'm in America. If you don't know, I'm preaching in America today because I stayed a little longer. And destiny, I didn't chase destiny, destiny found me. The blessings of God are finding me. I'm sleeping in the best hotels. Sometimes I'm almost oversleeping because God wants to kill me with goodness and mercy. Stay longer. And the blessings of the Lord that maketh rich and hath no sorrow will find you. Let's give the Lord a witness of praise. A witness of praise. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, shaka. Shakelema. Shalelepa. Shalemakute. Shalabariande. Lelemasika. Lipapase. Kerriande. Messiah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to pray a prayer for people to receive the Lord as Savior. We are going to pray that we belong to a family that God will find us. We are going to pray for the sick. And those of us who have joined us in this live telecast from the comfort of your houses within the state of Texas and United States of America, We want to appreciate your company. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll also pray with you. You are now left behind. If you're looking for a church. I am not afraid to say this. Victory World Outreach in Denton, Texas is a good Christian family. I know this man of God and his wife. They visited the city of Nairobi when gangs and thieves and pickpockets were there, so many. When the American embassy had advised Americans not to come there, he came in there. He has preached in the slums. He has preached in the ghettos, in the informal sector. I thank God for this man of God. He has proven to be a father. And I'm not afraid to be contradicted or to be challenged. That I spoke too much about another man. He's a pastor and a father, grandfather. An anointed man of God. I recommend you to come here. And I recommend those who are in the house to stay here. Because my father said, you need to stay there. And he never gave a reason. Today I look back and I have no apologies to tender. I have no apologies to make. If you're there and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you this grand opportunity. If you're there and your are backsliding or you keep backsliding, Jesus is there to help you put you on a solid ground and plant you in a home church, in a family. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, I pray for real-time conviction of the Holy Ghost that people will come to you they'll find you and lord they'll be plugged in the local assembly and hear the yore where healing flows from the cross of Calvary and touches the people of different families and races lord and classes save sinners deliver us from the shackles of sin and addictions and lord heal the sick For thy kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For thine is always the kingdom and the power that delivers people from the times of crisis making. Repentance. Repentance. This is the day. How many all over this place? From these very altars where I'm standing all the way to the sound booth side and side. And as far as this voice and telecast can go, will raise their hands, maybe in their houses and in the church, We say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I'm full of myself. I'm full of fear, fear of backsliding, fear of the unknown, fear of death. I need Jehovah God to help me. He is in the house, and he wants to save. And as many as will call upon his name, they will be saved. How many by show of hand, all over this place will raise their hands and say, that is me. That's me. I need Jesus. Thank you for that hand, my brother. My sister, thank you so much. Hands are going up. Thank you at the back. Thank you in the middle. All those hands going up is an act of faith. Thank you so much. Even little girls and boys, they are believing in Jesus. How many more without fear? Don't? Don't be afraid. Let's bow all our heads. Intercessors are praying. Every one of us should be thinking about themselves. One of these fine days when we die will be with the Lord. If he comes to rapture us, he will take those who have received him as Lord and Savior. Don't you fear what your girlfriend, your boyfriend will say. This decision is affecting you personally. This is not something we consult with your wife. It is yours. We'll stand before the Lord on our own without our parents. This is the last appeal and the last call I'm making. How many will raise their hands and say, that is me. I want Jesus. I, I Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Now, I will request all of us to stand up, wherever you are. And we are going to open this front part. We call it the altar, place of prayer place where God meets people and their needs and God wants to heal people and to save. He saves, he heals, he restores. He takes away the pain. And if you're there and you have pain, and if you're there, you're lonely, you're hopeless. You may be saved and you feel a cloud of hopelessness. Jesus wants to give you hope. And sometimes we are fighting something we don't understand. God wants to help you. He has helped me many times. Sometimes I felt like I'm not a Christian. And I'm a pastor. I felt like I should not go to church. I'm human. We go through these jungles and deserts of emotional bankruptcy. He wants to fill you up and help you. And those who raise their hands too for salvation. These altars are open. May we come as she leads us in a song. He's a helper of the those who are without help. He's a father to the fatherless, to those those orphans, to the men and women of God. He wants to help all of us, even the little ones. So these altars are open for those who raise their hands, those who never raise their hands and they want to do prayer. You can come. Face you. you ask my Lord. Amen. And my Savior. You are my healer. I have it in your name Jesus. So God help me. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at Vwotexas.com.